Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, August 25th, the Mom Group Messiness Edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast, and I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is almost five, and my youngest, Ami, is almost two. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Today's letter writer is feeling left out of her mom groups. The kids get along great, and the other moms are cordial enough, but they never invite her to hang out with them outside of the group and never reciprocate invitations. Our dear letter writer is left feeling like an afterthought. Don't worry, we've got some thoughts for her and for these other moms. Then on Slate Plus, we're going to be talking about the morning rush out the door. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. I think what makes it feel so crazy is this overarching feeling of like, I also don't want to push them out the door with me in a bad mood because that is the wrong foot, right? (laughs) So like, what can we do to get us out on a good foot, but also prepared? It is just this small moment that sort of encapsulates everything about parenting. (laughs) You get more of our show and a bunch of other Slate favorites every week. If you have Slate Plus, you also get to avoid all the ads and get unlimited access to the Slate website. It's truly the best way to support our show, so please consider signing up if you can. You can join by going to slate.com slash momanddadplus. Again, that's slate.com slash momanddadplus. Okay, we're going to catch up on our week in parenting, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. 
all over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. All right, we're back. Jamila, have you triumphed or failed this week? So as I mentioned uh, in a recent episode, Naima and I found a recipe online for an Oreo cookie cake that consists of taking 28 Oreos, one cup of water, putting them in a blender, baking them in your microwave, topping them with some more crushed Oreos, and somehow having a delicious cake. I got the recipe from the Korean vegan, and she um, that's her handle. You know, the Korean vegan, but that's actually her online persona. That's her name. And... We tried to find Oreos. There's a mini Oreo shortage going on in the country, or at least there was in the last couple of weeks. So there were no plain Oreos around our house. I bought some store brand cookies, made the most disgusting, weirdest, just awful tasting substance. I can't call it a cake. It was shiny on the bottom. I just like, I can't get past that. It was shiny. It was shiny. It was shiny. And it was awful. And so we got some Oreos uh, last week. And even though I was going out of town for a few days and like we were going to make a cake and nobody would be here to eat it, I was like, let's just do it. If it's still good, we can eat it when we come back. And so we, we bought Oreos, put them in the blender, It's just not good. I suspect there's a version of this that works. I know there's another Oreo microwave cake recipe online that was big on TikTok where you use, I think it's three Oreos and it's milk instead of water. So I think it's a couple of tablespoons of milk. And I suspect that maybe that would be less disgusting somehow, but I don't know if I even ever want to have another blended up Oreo because... Yeah, it's just, it was a weird consistency. Like, it's it's wet. It's very moist. But I ate, I put a little ice cream on top of it. And, like, chocolate and ice cream will always work out. So it was not a terrible dessert. But I would not recommend the Oreo cake. So I'm curious to hear if it works out for you. I would suggest, like, you... I'm going to try the mug. I'll try the milk and the mug. And then I'll still have Oreos to eat. Yes, you'll have plenty of Oreos <laughs> left. You won't have put all 28 of them into... A mess. Yeah, into the cake. Do you know that when I was Googling, I didn't realize that Oreo is the knockoff. Like the Hydrox. Hydrox came first? They came first. Really? And then the Oreo and then, but you used something else last time. You used the Kroger brand. I used the Kroger brand or the Rouse brand. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're all owned by Kroger now. Um, I think so. Because we have the same off brand here. So don't buy those cookies. The the Delitos or whatever they're called. If you have a Kroger owned grocery store near you and you can't find Oreos, just give up. I'm going to try the mug and I'll report back because I bought the Oreos to try it, but didn't get around to it. Meanwhile, I'm just going to eat 28 Oreos. Like, that's what I usually do. Seems like that's much better. That 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 is the smarter choice. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's the best thing you can do for yourself in these troubled times. Yeah, exactly. But why waste them? Okay, I'll try the mug and report back. Elizabeth, how about you? Okay, well, we had kind of a whirlwind weekend. We, um... Flew the whole family out to Texas. Um, We have a very dear friend. It's actually um, Henry's godfather who uh, has cancer, and it does not look like he 
is going to make it. And so when we asked kind of, what do you want to do? He he wanted to gather together with all of the kids. So a couple of Jeff's very close college friends and all of their kids like get together and have a really great weekend. And so we did that. We got this lake house and we had this amazing weekend of just being able to be together as a group of friends and have all these kids together, which is something that we have not really been able to do. Like there were certain kids that had never met each other or that had never met the other adults. And um, visits had kind of become like if an adult was traveling for work or something nearby, they would stop by. So like we just really hadn't have everyone together. It was great. We said goodbye on Sunday and headed to the airport. And I say all this to say like Jeff and I were in kind of a strange headspace because we had had this amazing weekend. We were also like very sad. You know, when you're like sitting with all those big emotions and then just like anything is too much. Well, Dallas then got like so, so much rain, so much rain. The airport basically shut down. Um, Our flight was kind of late. We were sitting at the airport and we could just see flights start to cancel. There's like thunder and lightning everywhere. Our flight cancels and the kids are picking up on kind of our weird state and are kind of just like crazy. And we're trying to figure out like, okay, we need, we had returned our rental car. Like we need a hotel to stay at. We need to like rebook our flight. So like both of us are needed. And this person sitting at the same, we were like at this big table, just was like, looked at Henry and we had we had kind of been chatting before he's a winemaker. Um they said, "Do you want to learn like a cool origami thing? In hospitality school I learned to fold napkins." And within 3 minutes had all three kids making fortune tellers and swans and all of these things. I had a notebook and he was drawing things and literally for an hour played with my children. This person had a book, was sitting by themselves with a glass of wine. I am sure this is <laughs> this is not how they thought their day would go. I felt like I had been given a little angel. Like, uh, they went and helped our kids do a few things, like gather up things to pack up once we had kind of figured things out. It gave us time to both be on our phones and get our computer up. So in the spirit of just, like, people out there who assist you for literally no payback. I mean, maybe (laughs) this like made him feel good, but I just am so thankful because I'm not sure how we would have moved forward. Like, I'm sure it would have been fine, but we probably would have yelled at children because that's kind of where it it was getting to is like when you just feel like I have to focus on this task or we will not have a place to sleep. And and the kids are just bouncing off the wall. Um, Instead, they learned to make fortune tellers and cranes, which they were doing and showed their friends. We didn't get in until mid-morning on Monday and got out before just before they closed the airport again. But I just want to say thank you to all the mysterious, kind people out there, like this person at DFW, who just like totally saved our evening and enabled us to get the kids to a hotel and still get up for, you know, to be back at the airport at like three in the morning. So my triumph is for someone else. <laughs> like For this person, you are a wonderful human. Thank you. That's so nice. Well, so my thing this week is... I remember a couple years ago, I was talking to my neighbor, a dad to three children, and I remember distinctly him telling me that he didn't really love parenting until like his kids turned two. He thought that was the time that he himself could like finally start bonding with them. And I've just been thinking about that in the last week or so, because I feel like something clicked. I've just been so excited to be a parent the last couple weeks. It's been like so sweet um 
I think it's partly because Ami started to sleep. I think I mentioned several weeks ago that he started climbing out of his crib and uh, it, it was a challenge. It's, it still is a challenge to get him to go to sleep, but he's staying asleep. And we've just been having such sweet times as a family. I've just been so happy to be a dad in a way where it like feels like the four of us are like best friends. And uh, I've been just feeling very grateful for my kids to be who they are, who they're becoming. We had like an amazing weekend where we kind of took this impromptu trip to a beach an hour away from our house. And they played really nicely with their friends. And then the four of us found this like hole in the wall Italian spot with like amazing homemade pasta in this random ass suburb in a strip mall like outside Detroit and it was just like wow there are adventures out there and we can go on them when we decide we want to be adventurous and then last night Ami was fast asleep but Noah our five-year-old she for some reason got up in the middle of the night and she came into our bed at like three in the morning and then like woke up at five and then I was just a complete asshole this morning and forgot everything I just told you because I hadn't slept. And it was like, oh yeah, things have been clicking so well because everyone's been sleeping. And then like one night of bad sleep and I turned into my old Grinch self. So um, it was a kind of reality check. But uh, regardless, all the great memories that we've made in the last couple of weeks have not been completely obliterated. And in fact, I'm still very excited about all this stuff. So it's just been a sweet, a sweet week or two for me. I think it's so good to spend time really in those moments and thinking back on those moments because in parenting, we get bogged down so much in the little things and in like having to get through life at the same time as being a parent. And so those tend to pop up like like we think about kind of the bad things or, or reminisce about the things that didn't go right. And I have like a little book by my bed where I write down those kind of things to try to make it so that that is what I am focused on because I want the highs to feel like higher than the lows feel lower. You can't always do that, but I can play a small role in being like, these are those moments. Because I I know that feeling that you're talking about where you've just had these like magical, like, we're going to be okay. Like these clicking moments of like, this is really good and you can't sit there forever. (laughs) But when you do, I think it's nice to just share. On that note, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be tackling today's question. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive into our listener question. It's being read, as always, by the sensational Shasha Leonard. Dear mom and dad, does anyone else feel like they're always the outsider? I'm in two mom groups, one for each child, and it's clear that there's an inner circle and an outer circle. No matter what I do, I'm in the outer circle. Truth be told, it hurts my feelings. I can't help but think I'm doing something wrong. I don't think I'm awkward or have trouble picking up social cues but they're always hanging out without me. I've since muted slash unfollowed them on social media, so I don't see these triggers. 
I tried getting to know them better by inviting them out one-on-one, and it always goes fine, but I never get an invite back in return. When I text in the group chats about meeting up, no one responds. I'm tired of always being the one who reaches out. The easy answer is to just drop the groups, but my kids are tightly embedded with their kids. Also, the other moms aren't doing blatantly terrible things to me. I'm just overlooked. An afterthought, which is sad on its own. They all do sleepovers, and we're not a sleepover family. They're all white, and I'm not. Maybe those two factors have something to do with it? I don't know. It's hard to be a non-white American in a group full of white Americans. I've dealt with this my entire life, but now that my kids are involved, I'm seeing the disparity more than ever, and I want to protect them from ever feeling the way that I feel right now. It sucks always being on the outside. It's also embarrassing that I'm in my 40s and still dealing with this high school crap. Vent complete. Thanks for listening. Tired of being on the outside. Well, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this. Tired of being on the outside. This sucks. Um, I've got experience being inside and outside of inner circles. and know that it doesn't feel good to want to be closer to people or to want to be included in things or to be invited. And it just doesn't happen. And you're putting out, you know, you're putting your best foot forward. You've invited people to places and they're just not reciprocating. Fuck these bitches. F-T-B, okay? Like, these are not your friends, and that might suck. You probably wouldn't like them that much anyway, because if they were cool people, they would be trying to hang out with you, you know? You said when you go out with them, you said it goes fine. You didn't say, like, we have an amazing time. I'm just confused as to why it doesn't, you know, continue and why it doesn't lead to, to more invites. These people probably really suck. You know, it is possible that this is happening in part or with some of them because you are non-white. People naturally do gravitate toward folks like themselves. And unfortunately, white people who are the majority in this country have been known to, you know, choose themselves over other groups of people or finding themselves being more comfortable around each other. So they may not think that they're being racist. They may not feel like they're, you know, rejecting you because you're different, but you are different. And so it just does not occur to them that they should be trying to have a stronger relationship with you for any number of reasons. And I think you should let that go. I don't think you have to participate in mom groups in order for your child to stay active with their kids. If you feel otherwise, then stay active with the groups, but just limit your interactions too. If there's an official event, there's a kid's birthday party, we're all there, you know, like, cool. These people are not part of your social circle and that's fine. You do what you need to do to maintain the relationship between their children and your children. You show up to the events that you need to show up to. And then when it comes time for you to have people that you spend time with when your kids are at school or, you know, with their other parent or doing whatever they do when you get some time to yourself to be with other adults, find people who want to be around you. Think about maybe joining a meetup group, signing up for a pottery class or a cooking class, you know, something that you would be interested in doing where you can go out and meet new people. Because I would suspect that that's probably part of the challenge here. It's not just that you want to hang out with these people, but you may be wanting to have some new people to hang out with. And that's totally fine. But I don't, you, you can't force this group of moms into being your crew because that's just not who they are. Just make sure you're checking in with your kids just to be safe, you know, because I think you would probably have some inclination by now, you know, if something was going on. But just to be 
safe, you know, make sure that your children are being treated well by these people's children and that they feel okay being non-white kids in a largely white environment. And when and where you can, find some kids who look like your kids for them to be around too. Like, that's important, you know? I mean, I don't know if you are just completely outnumbered and there's no other family that looks like you in town, but to the extent that you can, I think it's worth also finding some other non-white kids. You know, they may not have the same background as you, but other non-white kids for your children to be around just so that they can have some experience with feeling normal or not feeling that, you know, that they're inherently just different. I think, too, excluders tend to raise excluders, even if they're not purposefully excluding. You want your kids in a group in which they feel... um you know, completely included. Like, I think you wrote this because you're worried about your kids feeling like this. I'm worried that maybe they do feel like this, but in the same way, they feel like, oh, well, these are mom's friends or these are the friends that we hang out with. And I, Jamil, I love your point that, like, you don't have to dump these people. If everything is going great with your kids, these can be your kids' friends who you go to things with, right? But you deserve to have friends that want to and do text you and invite you out because you're amazing. Like you are an amazing person and you deserve to be around people who think you are amazing and appreciate you and are there for you and not always being the one chasing. This is like a wake up call that these people are not for you. And I I know that is like hard, but there are so many groups and moms out there and there are other moms that are for you that you need to find (laughs) and that is the hard part right like finding a good mom group is hard but there are just so there are so many moms and kids out there and there's going to be someone who wants to do all these things and is going to be in some respect chasing you like that's what you want is that they're also replying to you to these other moms if you are in a mom group and someone is inviting you out like one-on-one this is like a a you should reciprocate in some way because most of the time that is the mom taking some kind of risk to say like I want to be your friend, right? I feel like don't you notice that you know our letter writer is always texting and no one ever replies? Don't you have any feelings about that at all? I don't know. I feel like when I see that in a group, you know, it makes me think about how we as a group are behaving and how can we make sure that everyone feels included, right? You don't have to do every sleepover and everything. Like, not every group that you're in do all the things together. And I think also because you don't do sleepovers, you know, letter writer, you can't be mad when they do do sleepovers, right? Like, if you have rules against things and then you don't do them, but we're in the same boat. We don't do sleepovers um, except in very specific situations. So sometimes that means that the kids are are left out of things. I can't be mad about that. But I can also seek out other families and other situations where we can have those same experiences with the kids. I just feel for you because momming without friends or without close friends is the is the worst. Like that is what I dread the most about moving somewhere is this like, okay, well, <laughs> I gotta like find some people to do this with and and not just to fill my days, but like someone that has those shared experiences and that you can go to for all of the things uh, where to take kids to things in town, how to deal with a you know, particular situation, finding out what's going on at school. I mean, all of that is done through friendships. And so I I really 
think it is okay to walk away from this group and go find yourself a bestie who is going to be there for you because you need that and you deserve that. I'm curious if you think about the like the last couple friends you've made as adults, how did you find them? The three closest friends I've made in LA. One, we went to college together, but we didn't know we were high and by back then. So we just reconnected. You know, we followed each other in social media. She messaged me like, You're my best friend in my head. You know, I think our daughters would get along. And we became, you know, good girlfriends from that. And our kids became friends. One guy was when I met him, he was waiting tables. And I think we were hitting on each other a little bit. And um we just exchanged info and became good friends from that. And then the other person I think I met from friend, like we'd maybe done a panel together or had a friend in common. Like, yeah, I guess the one who I met at his job was the only one I literally just met like a random person, you know, like it was not like someone who was introduced to me. It's very hard to make friends when you're not like introduced to somebody but that and I guess Elizabeth we have this in common we don't work in offices you know because when I worked a a lot of my social life involved people from I mean I do work but you know when I when I worked for when I had a regular job when you're in an office it's easier there's a lot of people sitting around yeah (laughs) they all need to eat (laughs) yeah we went out you know let's go get drinks after work that kind of thing what about you Elizabeth how have you made friends I cast a very wide net. I ask for phone numbers if I have had a nice conversation with you in the park. And I have been rejected so many times that I don't even feel it anymore. And I think that's the thing. But you asked for someone's number and they said, no, thank you. Yeah, it's totally happened. It's totally happened. How did they reject you? They'll just say like, oh, I don't give out my number or something like that. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Thanks for a great play date. But guys, I mean, for every time that's happened, right? Someone has given me a number. This move back to Colorado was easier because we had lived here before. So I knew a couple people that had kids the same age, but obviously like our lives have gone in different directions. So while they're lovely friends and we hang out, some of them have gone back to work. And when I was here before, they were stay-at-home moms, right? Some of them have many more children and are doing things. Um, Most recently, my neighbor who I love like sort of casually said to me, oh, I can't, (laughs) like, I can't do that. We have like a neighborhood group of moms that meet for wine. (laughs) And I was sort of like, oh, are they taking new members? (laughs) Like how to like making a joke about applying and had her invite me. I essentially asked for an invite to this thing and met a whole bunch of new women. And a couple of them I feel like are great. I, you know, asked her to get numbers and I just text people and listen, some of them, either they reject me or it just doesn't pan out, right? Like I met someone once, it was great. And then they're Turns out, not really my people. I just accept that as sort of, that's totally fine. It's okay to let them go by the wayside. Um, And I try to keep the ones that I really enjoy and that we can do stuff together. And I think there are all kinds of friends to have. There are mom friends to have. There are going out friends to have, you know, trying to find those. For me, it's just about asking. And like I said, when people reject you, I honestly in my head just think, well, someone that would reject me would not be a person I wanted to be friends with anyway. For sure. It's a very healthy attitude you have. Well, tired of being on the outside, please let us know how it goes. Everyone else, have you ever experienced anything like this? Or do you have some advice for a letter writer? Let us know by emailing us at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. And that's it for our show. We will be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday, so be sure to tune in. While you're at it, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. 
This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson, Anna Phillips, and Christy Taiwo-Makanjula. For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.